0: It's time for another episode of Birds
1: with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's topped with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheila, and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm but prefers getting turned like a turn on some with friends. Bo Sheila
2: and Zach coming at you with sets and things flapping their wings on. What is the difference between Earth being Earth Earth a good Earth Earth. staff and a bad staff? Yeah, I will go ahead and I'll
0: just do my least favorite in inverse order that I've ordered. <laughs>
2: okay, good. Yeah, I was gonna wait for ten minutes to throw that one out there, but yeah, we can one, get to it. One now. through
0: twelve. Hello
1: everybody, and welcome. Two birds with friends on a Thursday late morning, I guess early afternoon. Bo Wolf here, joined by Zach Berman and Sheila Capadia. We are going to talk a little bit uh, more about the draft. We will have the turkeys to the kingdom coming up in a little bit. But before before we do that, we got to welcome in the man himself, the champion of rock, paper, scissors in Princeton, Brian Flynn. How are you?
0: You know, I'm blown away, guys, by your resilience to somehow do this pod by a Zoom. It's impressive. It's like you brought the combine to us here. I'm just here to compete, man. Everything I do, competing.
1: My wife uh, still brags about um, the rock, paper, scissor tournament she won at Disney World when she was was a kid. So um, she's got to be flying up the top of the Eagles board.
2: Well, RPS is very useful. I find, uh, you know, Marissa may, uh, may appreciate this with her, uh, with her, uh, recent, recent news, but I find in a marriage, RPS is great. You know, it's like, mm. uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a task that like neither of you, um, necessarily should have to do, but someone's got to do it. And you know, you break out a little best out of three RPS, it adds a little juice to the household. So uh I, I think it's very uh, useful in that setting.
1: Or you got like you got two chores to do, but uh, mm, who gets to pick them up, like yeah, who gets
2: to pick? I yeah. agree. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I didn't know it
3: was
0: an option. I just thought you were your I do, I do all the bad jobs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: like just yeah. Get yeah. Get yes, I I get assigned. Exactly. So I to,
0: yeah. <laughs> I just take the L's, me and Zach. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh, Okay, well, uh, let's get into it. We want to be we want to make the most out of your time, Coach. Um, I guess I want to start with uh, with Devontae Smith, who still is like the guy for the Eagles at twelve. Like, I think I still think it's going to come down to do they want this guy? Are they willing to uh, roll the dice with someone of his size? And if you look at him, um, you know, if you're a coach, what do you make of balancing the production versus? like, this guy's tiny. He's got a tiny waist. He's very slight. What's what's it going to be like at the next level?
0: Yeah, like he would be – if he was a recruit, like he would be small for a recruit. Like 166 right. pounds is small. Wow. But and, – and I get the whole bucket thing. And, you know, like DK Metcalf probably fell into the injured bucket. You know, and I think that, that can right. hurt you and it can help you. But if you if you watch the guy play, like nobody lays a glove on him. And he plays against the best defensive players in college football every week. And nobody's close, you know. And we went because we've been on Zoom. Much like the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Princeton football has utilized Zoom during this tough time to well, keep kill to our you. players. Yeah, you. yeah, really, really proud of everybody. I'm proud of uh, so you. Yeah, it's an it's an unbelievable job. We turn the computer on, we talk into it. It's crazy. So, but we one of the, one of our meetings, one of our five thousand meetings we've had since we last played a game. We said we watched every Devonte Smith catch Ooh. from last year, like oh. every one. Sequence. 124
3: like, of them,
0: right? And it was, I mean, it was split in about four meetings, but it was it, like <laughs> almost every one is some unbelievable fundamental clip. Like, watch how he frames the football when he catches it. Like he catches this bubble screen for a touchdown, watch him go hash number <laughs> sideline to run around the defense. Watch this release. You know, watch how he finishes this run. Um, you know, it's just it's the Marvin Harrison comps, I think, are good, but to me, he looks even a little more fluid than Marvin Harrison. Like getting mm. in and out of breaks and all those things. So I mean, I get Listen, all the. Be,
1: be careful saying anything negative about Marvin Harrison. Not, the show, no,
0: there's please. no shot that's happening. None, zero. <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, I get the knocks, and you know, the couple NFL guys that I that I talk to or know that you know mention, oh, he's a baller, but he's too small. I think that you guys have nailed nailed it. You're overthinking it. You know, this at number twelve, I'd have took right. him at six. You know, I think at number twelve, you you, you really be making a mistake passing on.
1: Over Chase, you would have taken him.
0: I mean, I, I, as a foot, as could be gone. football yeah. player, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like as a player, he, this dude was the, the best player. And again, also it's recency bias. This is why coaches are bad at this. This is why there needs <laughs> to be a personnel department. Because like I put a game on and I go, that's the best player I've ever seen. I love that guy. Or if you had a guy play for you a couple of years ago and make a catch on fourth down, you're like, he's an NFL player.
2: You know,
0: so we, we tend to like overreact to things that helped us or what we've seen the most recently. But – you know, I, again, I don't think you go wrong with Chase Orsmith, smith Honestly, I understand one's got the better physical tools and, and one's got some, maybe some more question marks, but I mean, I'd have been at six, I'd have been good with either. I think at 12, you're, if you pass on that guy, you're nuts. I'm sold. Go ahead, Phil.
2: Yeah. I don't know if, it, if this is a good way to look at it or not, but like, if you, if you ask yourself, uh, you know, if, Like, this doesn't work out. Are we going to be able to live with it? You know, is that, I don't know if that's a good way to look at it or not, but with Smith, like you would be, you know, you'd say, all right, we weighed the risk. We knew he was smaller, but he had unbelievable production in the SEC. His film was great. We loved his intangibles, whatever. All right. It didn't work out you know you, you can kind of like live with that more than especially with this organization and the way they've been drafting and uh you know the the way the, the, the different information coming in from different departments like i i just feel like that's the safer way to go than to sort of overthink it and really trust your process that you know you've got an edge uh on the competition so uh yeah i, I i've been on record i think it would be a a great pick now there's no guarantee it's going to work out but if like a guy with that type of production and film and intangibles and everything doesn't work out because he's too small. You kind of like take the L and, you know, move on from there. And I, I don't know. I, I'm torn on whether he's like a high variance player or not. You know, is it is it the guy's going to be unbelievable um, because we've seen him be unbelievable or he's just going to totally be a bust because he's not big enough or is there kind of a higher floor there? Uh I don't know. Coach, Coach Flynn, what, I, I don't know. Do you have like thoughts on that? I, I have trouble sort of measuring that aspect of it, whether the floor is really that low or not.
0: Yeah. I think it's hard because like both said this, I think the last potter was talking about the, the production bucket where, where the guys are old, but they have a thousand yard season. He but like, yeah. Yeah, but, like, like for, yeah, but like my deal is like there's, there's production for a reason, you know, and it's been consistent. Like the guy caught, game-winning touchdown national championship game as a freshman, you know, he did it kind of year after year, week in, week out. I mean, is there, is there an upside, you know, is there the upside if you take a bigger raw guy like a DK Metcalf, you know, maybe there's not that always oh, going to make this quantum leap, but if he comes anywhere near the player he was in college, you know, I think that you'd be thrilled with it. You know, I think he's probably a little more he's he's steady because he's just so fundamentally sound. Like I heard the rap yesterday in the press conference, you know, Oh, well, you know, these guys aren't going up against the third and fourth college corner. What? Wait, wait a minute now. Okay, so every NFL team has four good man-to-man defenders? No. Good no shot, right? So this is a guy, again, who was matched up against the two best corners in the draft, one he played with every day in school, and one was in the league. You know, so those are the guys he's lining up against, LSU and Florida and Ohio State and Clemson, you know, and, and winning, you know, consistently winning one-on-one. So I don't know if it, there's that huge – you know, upside deal, but you, guys that produce at that level, you feel pretty good. Like the floor isn't that low.
2: Uh, I knew that. I knew that was going fi- to fire you up. They're like, oh, yeah, you know. These college receivers, they just call someone in from the stands and are like, go cover yeah. Devontae Smith. Like, I don't think that's what LSU's <laughs> defensive coordinator – Yeah, I think their uh, opponents I don't know think, who Devontae Smith yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think that's their game plan. Uh, anyone, anyone want in the game? Yeah, uh, Waterboy, go, go ahead. Go in there and cover Devontae Smith. Like, I think they have a plan for trying to limit Devontae Smith when they go up against Alabama. So I I, I, think, I, yeah. I knew watching that live, I'm like, oh, man, Coach is going to fly. I hope Coach I Flynn, so like, is somewhere mm-hmm. where he can throw something right now (laughs) I was so bad furious
1: but you you touched on it like the projection with Devante Smith is not that crazy because he played in the SEC like he played in the best conference he played with all these great receivers and was out producing them and it's not like this is not like you know, like a Rondale Moore or like a Tutu Atwell who was being like used, used in weird ways and like just sort of like, no, they're good athletes, but you're projecting, (laughs) can this guy be successful as a receiver, like as just a receiver? He was out there as a receiver. That's what he was doing. And he had, you know, 1800 yards. So um, I don't know. Like I, I, I am, I get it because I am wary of like the profile, but I just think I just think it's it's too good to pass up
3: on. A uh, a quick correction on something I said earlier. I said 124 (laughs) catches. It was 117 (laughs) catches. Just want. Oh my gosh! Should we, Marissa? (laughs) Should we restart? Yeah, I think we should just do the whole episode. I I thought uh, I thought (laughs) Nick Sirianni did Mount Union receivers proud yesterday, and the way he was talking about the position, I'm I'm curious what Coach Flynn thinks about this debate about uh, the X receiver versus you know the if if he can play X if you need that prototypical X receiver, or if that can be overblown from our side of the microphone and that it's, it's just get good receivers and it, it doesn't matter the shape or size. If they can win their matchup, they can play different spots on the field. And he used the example, of course, of T.Y. Hilton and Dwayne Bowe both playing that spot.
0: Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Receiver is not necessarily about just being a big guy or a fast guy. It's can you, can you win a single and then can you get separation? I think Dwayne bow was a bit of a stretch by him. Dwayne bow was an absolute <laughs> stud, but I'm not sure he was a down in, down out X in the NFL. Um, but I, I I agree with that. Like it doesn't have to be a guy and you can, it doesn't have to be a guy who's six foot five. Like that may be how you end up drafting JJ Ortega Whiteside, right? Mm-hmm. Because we need an X, we need a big guy. Well, no, what you need is a guy who can win one-on-one and yeah, I think what happened to them last year was Jefferson was that guy, right? And they and they were like, no, he doesn't fit because we already have so and so here and so and so there. And it's, if find the best guy and put him in a place where he's matched up one on one, why is that usually the X? Because again, you're in a you know a formation where he's by himself, right? There's three guys on one side, the X is on the other. But you also move that guy around to match him up with the nickel, to match him up with underneath coverage, all that stuff. But I think it the thing the Eagles haven't had is a guy that can do that like Alshon Jeffrey could sort of do it three or four years ago. And most of those were contested. Like he wasn't, he wasn't blowing the top off the defense. He wasn't running by, I mean, Deshaun Jackson did it, you know, in his heyday, like that's, that's who he was. And even then he was two games over the past two, two years. Right. right. I mean, my heyday to me is when, you know, Vic was throwing to him. So, Mm -hmm. and even then he was a, you know, he was a deep threat guy and not a guy that did a lot of 50, 50 stuff. So, they, they need that. They need someone to do that because I couldn't tell you – I mean, who consistently was the last guy that did it? Like, who was that guy for them?
3: Macklin, probably. Macklin, 2000. 2000- Travis Fulgham. <laughs> Yeah, Macklin, 2014. Fulgham, might yeah, Fulgham, they, they moved around quite a bit, but you're right.
1: I was going to go Big Bob, but <laughs> I didn't want to make it too much of a stretch. Uh, I think this is a conversation we've had in the past, Coach, but I'm curious, like, you know, if you're, if you're looking at receivers and maybe this is the same for uh, when you're looking at recruits, like – what are the skills that you think that, like, good coaching can improve, that, that you know, whether they're good at it or not now doesn't necessarily matter because you think that you can improve those? And what are the skills that are, like, you either have it or you don't. It's not going to – we're not going to be able to change that.
0: Yeah, I don't think long speed, you know, you can you can add, at the, right. especially at the NFL age. You know, I'm, I'm not sure, like, pure change of direction, like shorter air quickness, you can fix, but I do think you could become a better route runner. You know, like you can understand leverage. You can use your upper body and lower body together. Like I think you can tighten that. Like the thing I tell my guys all the time, it's like a bicycle. If all the screws and bolts are loose, like you can tighten the screws on your route running and everything's not shaking around, everything's smooth and mm-hmm. it glides down the street. So I think you can become a better route runner. And the thing I always think you get better at is ball skills, you know, because we, we've talked about this before. And again, Aguilar is probably the guy we talked about the last time we brought it up. And it's probably the best example now how he played last year. Like, you can work on catching the football in a high volume with a low risk of injury, with not a lot of people around in your backyard, you know, with a tennis ball machine, with your dad throwing you the ball. Yeah, I mean, so I think, you know, ball skills are, are something that you can get better at or get more consistent at. And again, I, th- I see that's why, why a lot of guys who can run really fast but don't catch get, get drafted because people think, oh, I can make them catch. Now, that's not always the case. But I think you know you can you can really improve somebody as a route runner if you listen. This time of year, college guys don't teach anybody anything about how to run a route <laughs> or quarterbacks how to read a defense or have more than one one route in the progression. So we're we're all blessed that these NFL guys take this unmolded clay that we give to them in the draft Gosh. and turn them into great football players. You know, it's just it's so true. Yeah, it's amazing. So you know, yeah. I mean, as my uncle Joe used to say, you know, what the hell do I know? Uh, about wide receiver players doing it for 20 years but the the it's just it's amazing to me like every year i get yeah, justin fields reads one guy every play have you watched the tape at all like no he doesn't you know all oh, these get yeah, these uh, college guys they just hold up a card and then they run what it says on the card like <laughs> I like so, to talk about do, the
3: pro style offenses as, as if every NFL team is, is, is running from like the I four now. And yeah, you know, teams well, the, really
0: awesome. I'll tell you what the other thing, Zach, that, that, and Bo, Bo says this a lot on here with like Rondell Moore or Elijah Moore or like, or uh Kadarius Tony. Right. It's like, well, you know, he's going to have to have a very special offensive coordinator <laughs> for it to work. And I'm like, Rondell Moore, line him up in the slot from a bubble screen run a jet wow. sweep, let run, run a middle of the field glance po like I mean it, but Bo is but Bo is right. Like a lot of these guys like won't do it or they can't do it. Well figure just look at
1: Rager last year. Like Exactly. Right. The way they use it. Exactly.
0: To. Exactly. You
1: know, it shouldn't be hard. You're right, but they make it they make it harder.
0: Like they're literally watching That's tape of somebody if you watch Ole Miss's offense as an offensive coach if you watch Ole Miss's offense from last year and you are not like excited by it and stealing every third play from it. You're nuts, mm-hmm. man! I don't know how we're going to use this guy. What? Like you're you're watching? All I hear is we're watching the tape. We're all we're, gr- we're grinding on the tape. By the way, somebody says tape. It's it hasn't been tape for like 20 <laughs> years. Uh, we're grinding the tape, but you, but you haven't you haven't gleaned anything from what they're bit. running play wise. You just know well. Yeah, he's good. They haven't coached him at all, but he's good. We when we, when we slam him into our system and have him do some stuff. He's not good at, it, but he's gonna be something else.
2: Think, yeah. it, it, it's 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 like they're sometimes are bothered that they're going to have to put work into their jobs. You know, like they mm-hmm. can't just say, "All right, draft pick, come out and go cash catch." Uh, 70 balls for a thousand yards like yeah uh, you know uh, oh they scheme stuff up for Devonte smith yeah well that's your freaking job is to scheme stuff up for the players and make their like jobs easier what do you want to do just just uh sit there and do nothing like that that's almost literally like the definition of the job is to take the players you have and maximize their talents to create the uh you know the, the right. greatest sum out of the part and uh sometimes it yeah it, it like yeah and you're right because then on one hand they're they're making fun of college uh schemes and coaches like they're not doing it. it's one read and oh they're they're looking at cards and then on the other hand well they scheme things up well which one was it were they doing a good job of getting the most out of the player or were they not doing anything uh one or the other so well just because you mentioned justin fields i do want your thoughts on him because i think we've probably under discussed the idea that the eagles could have just sat at six And, like, I mean, I don't know. We'll get to the press conference later. Or, like, you
1: moved up to four or whatever. Right. I mean, what they're saying
2: publicly is, I think, what we've heard privately, which is that, like... We'll see what we've got with Jalen Hurts. I mean, there has not been this big vote of confidence that, you know, we feel great about it. He showed so much last year. We loved what he showed in the building. And he's, you know, he has so much talent and we're excited about what he's going to do this year. It has not, that has not uh, been the case um, from, I think, people we talked to and what they've said publicly. So I am like wondering, like, you know, we could be sitting here on draft night and whoever, you know, ends up picking at six, whether it's the Dolphins or someone else, could be sitting there. And there could be a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance available where you didn't have to move at all. And, I mean, I don't know. These guys, like, I don't have, uh, I'll say, I don't have, like, really strong opinions about these guys. But the stuff, like, I typically don't, the stuff I typically don't like, with quarterback prospects, like that's not the case with them. Like accuracy, uh, smarts, athletic, like they've got all those things. Like I see the traits where I'm like, if you're a good coaching staff, these seem like high level prospects. So coach Flynn, I don't know how much you've uh, looked at Lance, but I know you've watched fields a bunch just, uh, you know, on TV or whatever else. I mean, what do you think the, about these quarterbacks at the top of the draft?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've Trey Lance. I saw one game because we played his first game was against Butler as a freshman. And he had like mm-hmm. eight touchdowns. And we're like, oh, my God, look at this guy. You know what I mean? So that's that's the extent of my film study. He's awesome. You know, now, okay. again, that's. <laughs> that's Bo watched him in the, person. Trey. Yeah, yeah. That's the width and the depth of my Trey Lance. But I think he's pretty okay. good. Yeah. Justin right. Fields. I would say, I would
1: just, I would I would quickly say to what Sheil said about, like, the kinds of guys I like. I like Lance, too. But, like the The profile of lack of like actual reps is is meaningful and sure. would worry me a little bit, but I still like you know i'm I'm willing to roll the dice anyway, go ahead, coach.
0: The, the question I have is is, and this this isn't on record anywhere, which is very convenient this time of year, right? Like I don't think this is I don't think this is any article, anybody, I don't think it's on any podcast, but like I thought last year the Herbert pushback around this time because Herbert had one bad game during the season. Everybody was, oh, you know he's he stinks, he should go second round. Like, it's very similar to what it was happening with Fields, you know, yeah. with, oh, you know, you had, had a bad game against, you know, bad game against Indiana, you had a bad game against Northwestern. Oh, that's two out of, you know, 25. But my other question is, if Zach Wilson, right, or Trevor Lawrence did what Justin Fields did in that semifinal game, yep. which is absolutely get, get knocked in half, right, crushed, got up and threw five, six touchdowns, like, would anybody be knocking them? Like, it just seems so disingenuous to me. Like, the guy had a couple bad games. He also The rest of the games, he was awesome. Like, flat-out awesome, accurate, can throw the deep ball, runs well, can take a shot. Does he make mistakes sometimes? Sure. But, like, is there this huge gap between him and the other front two guys? I don't see that at all. You know, I think – again, I think it's very similar to what happened to Herbert last year. It's way overreaction Mm -hmm. from playing bad once or twice, which every quarterback doesn't. They all do it. You look hard enough, you
3: know. I I, I like both those guys. I, I like both I I've liked Fields this whole time and I admittedly did not watch much Lance until like recent weeks. But I'm with what Shield said. You know, I don't know why the Eagles didn't sit at six, other than I don't think it was as much uh them saying like we believe in in Jalen Hurts as much as them saying we're not playing this quarterback game this year, right? You know, I, I don't think they yeah, want to hitch their scared. wagon to it this year.
1: I think they're scared of the of the uh, you know the lack of information. I think they're using that as as like a, a marching order, and it's also like it's a big swing to take. Obviously, like you know, Howie may be worried about his job to some degree. If he if he goes for a quarterback now, that's it. Like this is this is the decision, and it's the same thing for Sirianni. Like you just got this job, and now you're gonna. You're gonna roll the dice on this quarterback, like I'm well, hitched respectfully, to this
2: guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're asking Sirianni whether they should draft well, a quarterback or not. I mean, that's, a, that's really <laughs> that's a fair point.
1: But like, you know, I probably would rather have Justin Fields than Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the question is, would you rather have Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts and uh, Devonte Smith or whatever? But you know, the the quarterback is what matters. You don't get a lot of chances. I don't know. I think, I think, I think what you're saying is right, Shield. Like they stuck at six and Field is there. That's tough to pass up.
2: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
3: Now, Coach Flynn mentioned the, the, uh, the, the Moors, you know, the, the Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. This is considered a slot, a deep slot class. And I'm curious... When you're evaluating these guys, how do you, if you, I I don't mean to be a heightist because I'm the last one on the set who's allowed to be, who's allowed to do that. Uh, But when you're looking at, at these like five, eight, five, nine receivers, how do you know whether this guy's going to be Tavon Austin or this guy's going to be Tyler Lockett, you know, like, like the, the, uh, that gadget gimmicky player or just the just great player, regardless of size.
0: Yeah. I think it's the same, you know, it's the same margin error. You know, is it going to be JJ or is it going to be Metcalf? You know, you, the, the stakes are the same. You know, I think we always have an interior slot guy. Like our leading receiver last year uh, was second in the conference in receptions. He might be five foot eight, you know, Big he's, he's, always, he's always going to be a slot, but that's, we recruit that position. So like, and I think every offensive football uses it against some better than others and some have a better idea of what to do. And I, I think if, You know the problem again. Tavon Austin is is the example everybody uses because he had like an unbelievable game in college. He rushed for like 300 yards against Oklahoma, and his stock skyrocketed. You know, so sometimes you know some of these guys get overvalued. But you know, there's an old there's an old coaching saying. I think it might be attributed to like Archie Griffin was a player. That's how long ago it is. Like I was born. But like if if you're good enough, you're big enough. You know, so like with these interior guys yeah <laughs> but these interior guys like you know you can write them off but like a lot of the times that's where your best matchups are you know that's where you put that guy you get him against a linebacker sometimes or you get him against a safety of man coverage you know so I think it's you evaluate the position the same way as as the other as the outside position you know you just have to is there a plan in place to use him when he gets there you know Rondell Moore Elijah Moore like those guys can they were special players because they were really well used. You know, if you watch Rondell Morgan's Ohio State as a freshman, like, good Lord, that's that's as good of a game as a receiver's going to play. You know, Elijah Moore all year for Ole Miss, you know, 90-yard touchdown catches and just kind of doing everything. So, you know, I think it's it's, this, it's the same conversation you have about Devontae Smith. Are they big enough? Can they hold up? Can they win? You know, I don't see it as that different. Uh, nobody lines up with three 6 six-foot-five guys, you know, because those guys aren't going to be your – Guys that are going to win on the inside a lot
1: i actually thought that what sirianni said about receivers yesterday was pretty good about about you know accepting that it's his job it's the coaching staff's job to get these guys the ball in space like that's that's what their job is it's not it's not to fit the players into their scheme which you know it could just be lip service but i uh you know i thought i thought that was good that's that's what you want to hear Absolutely. Yeah, I
2: think I think that's yeah, that, that's one of those things that I, I feel like every coach says and you kind of judge right. them by what they do. So we'll see it. You're right. It is good. He's been pretty consistent with that the whole time that like, you know, we'll figure it out based on the players we have. And that is the right, right mindset. Uh, it's easier uh, said than done. But uh, I mean, if
1: if he can't get receivers right, Sirianni like coaching receivers, then then like nothing else is going to work. That's what that's what he should be best at. Right. So. Yeah. He, anyway.
2: he, he, was, uh, he was getting fired up about that. Rondell Moore drew that. I think I, I talked about him last podcast, but just in terms of watching, uh, highlights and like uh, gasps per second or something like, like Rondell Moore l- led all wide receivers in the Kapadia household in that. I was mm. just watching him like, Oh my God. Okay. Somebody get me like the old, uh, Phoenix suns, uh, training staff or something and keep this guy healthy so we can watch him, uh, for the next five, six, uh, seven, eight years. Cause I thought he was fun. i um, one guy we wanted to uh, certainly talk about, and we've discussed him. I, it's probably not going to be an Eagles target, but I did want to get your thoughts on Kyle Pitts. Oh, uh, yes. I had, uh, you know, I had... Uh- <laughs> Zach, <laughs> Zach just perked up like...
1: He- he well, just woke, he just like he just snorted something.
2: <laughs> well, I, I've been all over the place in uh, w- with my Kyle Pitts thoughts. I think at six, I thought you can't take a tight end here. I was still having flashbacks to uh, hashtag resources uh, many years ago, uh, and then I like you know started watching Kyle Pitts and basically just saw what everybody else had been saying about him uh, for months. So I think it's like a philosophical question and then just a question about the player. But uh, I am interested in Coach Flynn when you compare like let's say you're um, sitting there twelve or even some of the teams that are drafting earlier and it's like Kyle Pitts or one of these other wide receivers. How do you sort of weigh that when you're looking at building your offense?
0: Yeah. What's interesting now, I think everybody that's an offensive coach thinks they have Travis Kelsey as their tight end, mm-hmm. right? So they come up with like all these elaborate 12 personnel plays and we're going to throw this shot play to this hand in the dirt run blocking guy, because we're going to utilize our tight end, but they don't have that guy.
1: Take a baby. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. Or, or the guy we threw the ball to on fourth down and goal last year. That was his first target of his life. King Butler is
2: one, is that, one, target. That's He's one still snap an all the time. Wow. What a play. Thank you. I That had like flew out of my brain. That was no longer in my memory. But and,
1: uh, that is, a, I will tell you now, that is an Osprey nominated play.
0: Wow. Exciting. As it should be. So the, but the, but I think Pitts is that kind of guy. Like, again, it, it, this is another uh, Princeton wide receiver Zoom meeting cut up where we watched him. And his there, there are some like unbelievable fundamental moments like he can drop his hips he can win in transition like an outside receiver can you know but a, a, a lot of it is just running through contact right or, or playing above the rim and going up and getting the ball and he's just he's a different guy like he is that guy i think he is a he is a guy where you can put him in a travis kelsey kind of role you know and not i think a lot of tight ends have gotten kind of blown up to again because that's everybody thinks this is a new thing where you utilize a tight end and Play action all, all the stuff they should be doing but they don't have the personnel to do it i think he's the player to do it Like again who is he doing it against they're lining him up against other teams best corner into the boundary in the sec and he's doing like the old 1970s swim move which nobody teaches anymore because it exposes your entire upper half and he's winning with it you know like this hand comes down and it just murders the guy and now he's open so i, I think he's that kind of talent i mean i really now again it, it, like to Bo's. Caveat here is well's got to go to the right guy. Well, all these guys already think they're doing this. They're just doing all it right. with players who I don't think are good enough to do it. You know, where this is a guy who is.
2: Yeah, I Mine? I I, I think ahead. that that's uh I, I think when we were doing our rankings, that that's was one of the thoughts that I had is like every tight end gets talked about like Kyle Pitts, and so it annoys me because I'm like no, TJ, like TJ Hawkinson or, right. you know, TJ like offense like, all right, they might be fine players, but you know, Oh, mismatch probably. You can move them all over the place. And I'm always like, you know, if a guy is that good and you don't have like talent around him, the other defensive coordinator can just do what coach Flynn said and say, all right, let's take one of our corners and put him on the tight end. If the tight end's being split out wide and that might just totally take him out of the game. But like you said, in college, I mean, there are clips of him beating JC Horn, who was going to be a first round corner. Um, there so i was watching like all right it was but what what's the what was the crave on the blanca great quote down the leg what what was it exactly
1: yeah i mean you you go out there you can either you can either give up or you can piss down your leg or you can yeah, uh, I don't know what the other thing was. Okay, just, you yeah. You strap up. He or, did not or piss, piss down, down, the down the your leg, basically. basically. Yes.
2: Well, yeah. no, well, no. So I, I, was thinking, like, you know, I, I know, um, you know, draft research and uh, the process is very complicated. But I was just thinking, like, get as many guys as you can get that makes the other team piss down their leg you know and like i would think that would be kyle pitts like on you know during the week they're watching you know a guy like that on film or during warm-ups or i guess it's the old like you know get off the bus kind of you know uh thing just the guy who's you're like all right that guy's gonna be a a, a problem now um bo i know you've you can probably expand on it but like we've talked about it i mean the history of first round tight ends is not good this is not a position that the nfl has scouted well and so you can take all those things into account it's not dissimilar to the Devante Smith thing, like you are, you would be counting on sort of the exception, the outlier here. I just saw it and I was like, all right, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be the guy who who says, uh, Kyle Pitts isn't going to be that good because, like, you're just watching him going. Like, all right, this is your red zone offense. You know, this guy can be one of your top two receivers on like a top five offense. I think you you can certainly say he can be like an 1,100 yard uh, season receiver, and so he's got that upside. But again, you should take that also into account the history there. I would just say rewind the
3: tape and and listen to Coach Flynn and I talking about Kyle Pitts the last time he was on. And and <laughs> it's uh wow. I, I, I think Shio and Bo are finally catching up to it now
2: I don't think Bo I think Bo is st- staying no strong. i
1: I think of I think of Kyle Pitt's like Quentin Nelson where like it, you're telling me he is he is like a sure fire pro bowler and he better be to take him that early at that position and Quentin Nelson turned out to be great he's he, he is who everybody said he was going to be. I w- I wouldn't have made that pick because if he's anything less than that, it's not good value, and that's sort of how I feel about Pitts. Like if he's just, you know, the fifth best tight end in the league, is that good enough? Is that like changing your offense enough for the for however high he's gonna get taken? It's a it's a bit of a of a risk. But if he if he is as like surefire dominant as Quentin Nelson was, he he has to be like he has to be that good to make it worth it. So. I don't, you know, I haven't, I haven't like watched him enough to to have a an opinion on that. I trust everybody who says he is, so that's fine. But it's just like the the margin of error is so slim for him to be worth it at that spot.
2: Sure, oh, yeah, all. yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, no, I, I think what you said is right. It is we talked about last podcast. Is you know, you also have to take into account, I guess this draft class and where you are at 12 and what the other options are and what positions are strong and what positions, uh, are not strong, but he is, uh, he is certainly an exciting player and we'll see where he goes. He's a Philly guy. So he checks off Zach's box (laughs) box. And he's, uh, I think 20, he's 20 years old. He turns turns 21. I I do like that. That's crazy. I I mean that, you know, he, he like, yeah, he could really just be scratching the surface. It also, uh, now it also
1: historically takes tight ends a long time to be, productive. Good. Um, this team's
2: going to stink next year like anyway. Even Travis
1: Kelsey. I have yeah, a, uh,
3: I have a level of competition question for, for for coach Flynn here and this is something that that we've discussed in passing.
1: I would go Ivy number 1 <laughs> SEC. <number> and <laughs> we two. discussed
3: this in in passing a few times talking about Trey Lance, talking about uh you know the uh, the opposing defensive backs, but this is something that comes up with Eagles fans who say the Eagles take say say too many Pac-12 players or they're not taking the Alabama guys. They're not taking the Ohio State guys. I'm I'm curious. Do you see a pronounced difference in looking at these prospects when you're looking at the top SEC programs compared to everything else, and then the BCS programs compared to the FCS programs?
0: I think positionally you do. You know, I think like the defensive linemen, the defensive backs in the SEC are different than in a, in a lot of leagues. Uh, you know, I think now again some of this is. This is, I think, where the analytics stuff should come in, because some of this, you know, we haven't picked an Alabama guy in however many years. Well, Al- Alabama guys, too, I think, as of late, have been often injured and and sometimes worn out when they get to the league, you know. So I think, you know, you you can spin those either way, you know, is all oh, they're not doing a good job evaluating or is it is it really a place that we should be taking a player from every year? So I think I think that's I think that's a little bit overblown. You know where it's oh well they they they're trying to recruit this one league and they're not trying to recruit the other you know or, or they're trying to bring guys in from these places like I don't know if if that's necessarily the case uh, you know the rap the rap a couple of years ago was you know teams weren't drafting Pac-12 teams because the games were on too late you know it's like I mean what does that what does that even mean we love
1: or,
2: that one you know yeah. what they
1: you know what i think how he never realized is that maybe the problem is that you're up late watching it you're not fully functioning and so mm-hmm. you're talking yourself into guy like you're you're just close to sleeping That's this true. is not you working on 100 scouting you should have taken that into account
2: I, I know coach flynn and i can relate to that you know you're falling asleep your eyes are closing on the couch and it's you know mm-hmm like 10 30. And yeah, how are you supposed to really see what these guys are doing in the fourth quarter? I mean, I would think that a DVR system or something would really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in addition to zoom, if they could, if, if they could learn these DVRs, you know, whether it's YouTube TV or whatever system they have, uh, you know, really could, Good really could, to could well, let's not, I mean, let's yeah, not forget really what an unbelievable job
0: the, the NFL did with the draft last year. I mean, that was remarkable. <laughs> they, they said the picks on zoom, then they went to the players on zoom who were celebrating. I mean, how could they pull that off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still amazed by it here. limited resources. Yeah, if I, I don't, don't get a yeah.
1: shot of Goodell's uh, football watching chair again this year, I'm going to be well. Pretty it's it's a,
3: it's in person this year, so you won't. Get I still, you want still want the chair, play. man. No, the,
1: but the but but to the he level a, he shows up in a T-shirt on day three, like <laughs> yeah, he's like he's Joe. Joe casual. First time he's ever worn a T-shirt in his life.
3: But I I am curious though. Should the helmet matter when you look at these players? Like they you you hear often.
1: Iowa. Like John Brown when he's got that huge helmet.
3: <laughs> no, like you hear about the Shut Iowa up. offensive lineman or the the Ohio State defensive lineman or be careful taking a quarterback from this school or a wide receiver from 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 this program. Like, does, is that something you would no, factor in? No, or do you yeah, just I would eliminate
0: it, Zach. Exactly. Like to okay. me, I mean, you could you know where'd Steve McNair play? You know, he played You know, like, we uh, Rich State, Gannon, yeah. we talked about it. I, I hate Delaware, but you know, he's a Delaware guy. Like, there's there's great you know. <laughs> Yeah, St. Brent, Joe's Brett. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, I mean, Antonio Brown, you can kind of go all over the place. Yeah. I think when you do that again, I think that's the, we're talking about the balance, you know, between the scouts who have kind of been, I'm a money ball guy. You know, I love the book. I love the movie. I'm an analytics guy, but like the scouts have kind of been vilified. Some, you know, as I, these guys, you know, they're all crusty old guys and they're on taking Iowa linemen like Zach is saying all this, but like, it really has to be a balance of the two and they really have to get along. And I think that really the getting along is where you get the balance, and I don't think that happens a lot. of i read, an believe, article about the Eagles, on uh, the athletic, you know, where there's a lot of tension between those two two spots. But that, I mean, honestly, that that's that's recipe for disaster. You know, if you're all, all not working together, not listening to each other, you know, it, it's a good way to be bad.
1: Hmm. I think there's only one exception to the don't scout the school, and that would be don't take anyone from uh, the University of Pennsylvania.
2: No, no comment. No comment. Yeah. I you going
1: to then you miss out on Super Bowl stuff.
3: winner Justin Watson, right?
1: I'll take I'll take that. I will uh, I will live. He with was that. a stud, by the um, way. He was a great we... player.
0: South Fayette High School, Western Pennsylvania. We recruited him at Villanova. He's a great player. Two touchdowns against us. Penn's only went against Villanova in the past 115 years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we some of these other receivers, Coach. You 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 said uh, over text. Sorry, Zach. That uh, you love all these guys. So uh, I don't know if there are a few guys who stand out to you, but but are there anyone, uh, you know, beyond the, the, the top I know three there's, guys? I, I, like... I
0: hate to agree with you on anything, Bo, but I like diami Brown from UNC. I'm a big throw the ball deep guy. He was an unbelievable nice. yards per catch guy for them. And then I like, he, he played for Clemson and he was a, like a senior only player, but Cornell Powell is a guy that jumped, jumped oh, out to me as like a late round guy, like a fifth, sixth. He crushed uh, the, the DB for Ohio State. Is it Wade? Is it Wade? Sean yeah, Lee, he, yeah he just screwed him into the ground like three or four times in that playoff game and I think he's he's got a shot to be a pretty good player uh but yeah I, that's the problem with me I'm like oh he's great oh man he's awesome oh my god how good is that guy you know like so it, it's it take me with a grain of salt you know like I said what the hell do I know but I'll I mean, well, every one of them like you, you could I could be talked into Rondell Moore number three you know what I mean? Like that's, that's how gullible I am. You know how much of a receiver nerd I am.
2: What, what about the, uh, you know, I, I, I think you, you like these clips, you know, of the like receivers with just the elite footwork at the line of scrimmage. I feel like Rashad Bateman is like the King of that. Just watching his clips be circulated where like the true wide receiver guru slash nerds are like, you know, Oh my gosh, look at this guy. And I thought he, he looked, he looked, fantastic like I, I feel like he's gonna he might go um in the first round and might go higher than uh people think but uh, what have you seen from him yeah the game from, the from, game that, that stands
0: again it, it, it really for me it's like have I seen you play and did you kill it you know and yeah. him against Penn State I think it was in 19 right where he just we was just all <laughs> yeah. over the place you know what I mean like they couldn't they they couldn't stay within five yards of him. um and, and I don't it's funny to me because like all these guys seem really big you know and then that I look at you know Dane tell me about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I look at I look at Dane's you know the the beast and I'm like oh he's an undersized guy at 6'2 205 I'm like well that's not all that undersized you know what I mean, I mean but he really? plays big to me like he's a guy that you know he goes up and and t- wins some 50-50s against good players and you know runs through some tackles and he really shows up and get them out
1: Now coach did you have breakfast this morning?
0: Uh yes I did I had a Typical uh, monster, mean bean, and uh, Reese's cup, big cup. Mm.
1: I guess that means you're not a you're not a hungry. Unbelievable. Guy. You probably you're probably the kind of weak guy who uh, uses uh, air conditioning and heat in his car. Yeah, that
0: was that guy. What is he doing? Do
2: you want to explain that, Bo, or just assume everybody has seen the clip? The that Portland State
3: Bay. If you're not following Portland State basketball, yes.
2: Is that
1: Julius Thomas, Portland State basketball? Is that right? I think yeah. that's right, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he gives his introductory press conference and says he's the kind of guy who uh not Julius hungry. Thomas the coach. <laughs> the new yeah. coach. Right. Yes. This yes. new coach who like looks like very dweeby. Um then like he doesn't eat breakfast in the morning because he wants to be hungry for lunch and he he practices mental toughness by not having air conditioning or heat in his car. That's the dumbest thing. I mean, I've if, ever again, to me, Just. to me if
0: that's who you are, that's who you are. Like you get up there and you're going to you're going to talk right. that way and and you know, these platitudes and these coachisms and, but man, to me, just when it comes out of my mouth, it just sounds unbelievably phony. You know, like, I don't know how, like saying that to the players, like what does the player respond to that with?
1: Like, <laughs> right. And how far do you take it? Like you just, you deprive yourself of sleep right. every I mean, night. Like you, you got, you're going to be living a healthy life. Dude. That was, again,
0: that was the whole, you know, the whole rock, paper, scissor deal. Like from yesterday, like, like I get it, but they, yeah, it's, it's not fine. a big deal, but like the other thing is, like I've been a, the competitive thing is a pretty easy thing to paint somebody into a corner because what no matter what knucklehead thing you do, hey, I'm just being competitive. Well, then that person's gonna answer what's what's that person's recourse? I don't want to do this nonsense. Does that make me non-competitive? Am I you know do I not want to anyway. compete? Like you know, like I've been in like yes. line during training camp, and some guy cut you know gets cut. I'm hey, I'm competing. No, you're cutting the line, dude. Like get in the back you know what i mean like so i just think that turns into like a real you know it's we compete at everything we do like you're competing at doing the dishes really like uh, no like stop it like it doesn't make sense you know so when i go to the grocery store it's like the afc championship game like come on man
2: Yeah. I, I didn't think the uh, rock, paper, scissors thing was a, a big deal. He, he was showing some uh, personality okay. and I liked that he was taking you like inside what they do a little bit. Uh, I think like the bigger issue, and again, this isn't like directly related. It's just like NFL people think they're like, have like psychology degrees or like, you know, uh, are psychiatrists. I mean, how often are they telling you like, oh, you know, we could tell this guy's makeup or competitiveness or that kind of thing. It's like, you're not really qualified to do that i mean so much of the scouting process is they're talking about that stuff and i'm always going like all right you know you might be like a really good coach but like i don't yeah i don't you know you don't know a lot about this person's background you're talking to them for a half an hour you're you're judging like how you think their skills are going to translate like that's where i think the scouts really come in and you have to be talking to the people like the story you did, Bo, uh, you know, at the schools about and having building up good sources there and having people who are around the players every day tell you uh, a little bit about that stuff. But it's always so funny to me how they think like and especially coaches like they're coming into the process late and they're having these uh, Zoom calls or in a normal year meeting with them at the combine or going to work them out. And it's like then they'll draft a player and just they'll tell you, wow, here, here's why I could really tell what was in this guy's heart. It's like, all right, that's probably going to lead to uh, a lot of mistakes. I don't think you're qualified to do that.
3: In Sirianni's case, I I think that what worked for him is is that I do believe that's genuine. Like, I think that is who he is. Yeah, I I, I don't think it was contrived or manufactured. Yeah, think, this wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. wasn't about. Him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I, I think like the, with because I I know it's become a big deal in Philadelphia, but authenticity, man. I mean, I I think Coach Flynn could could tell us more than the three of us. But from what I gather in coaching, authenticity matters, right? Like whoever you are, just be that person. If you try to be a hard, uh, oh, you know, if you, if you if you try to come off as something you're not, players will tell pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. No,
1: no. Now, coach, you also wanted to uh, unveil a take on the wow, Uber didn't even let coach Flynn <laughs> respond
0: To
2: that, I mean, Zach set Go him ahead. up.
0: And no, I think. Yeah, mean. I mean, I think. Now you know Zach's it's spot like. On. like he is. It, it does come off as a little bit corny, but it but it is who he is. You know what I mean? I think that you got to be who you are, you know, other, otherwise it's some people will buy it and some people won't, but there is no alternative. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to try the other, you're definitely going to fail if you try to be exactly. some tough guy or, you know, that's just, there's no shot. That's going to work.
1: Uh, zaven Collins, the Tulsa linebacker. You yeah. So Zayven. again, this
0: is why you need a personnel department and not just coaches, because I, I was, I think they, I think Tulsa was playing UCF. I'm like, Oh my God, who is this guy? He makes every tackle i think he just i think he just sacked the quarterback and returned the quarterback's helmet for a touchdown drafted number one you know like he's i I, i've seen him play like twice he's unbelievably good he looks huge he looks like he's like six foot seven on tv right but but again that's why you can't let coaches do this you need some people and i I still think he's a really good player but i don't i mean that's the extent of what i know about him but i'd be like yes take rondell moore at three Zayvon Collins at two and we're good. Trade our whole draft for those two guys. There you go. That's why I'm not doing it.
2: I I would. Yeah, I I would agree with that. The, the, the YouTube highlights of Zayvon Collins are among like the best of, I think any, uh, defensive player in this draft. I had the same thing as you. I'm like, Oh my gosh, who is, who is this guy? Like a, a blend of like, uh, uh, KJ Wright and Fred Warner. And you know, this guy looks like the, the best athlete, uh, in the draft also in, in Dane's, um, Endanged draft guide, high school valedictorian. This Mm. one actually made me mad. I actually said to my wife, I go, How is, how does like one person be so smart that he can, he can be a high school valedictorian and then a first round pick in the NFL? Like, how, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't the wealth be spread around a little bit in terms of like the talent and stuff? That doesn't, what if it
1: was like a, what if it was a school where it was like a class of four people?
2: Well, yeah. Well, maybe that's it. That's probably in the draft guide. I might have missed that. I'm sure it has the class size in there.
1: Now I know I know Zach popped earlier for uh, the Kyle Pitts conversation. I think he's going to pop equally for this. You have a story about Tano Passignan. Yeah. Yes. So
0: okay. So there has been now again. This is a success has many fathers uh, example here. Tano, uh, this, there's a story about how he got recruited. That is that doesn't is mostly true. But when you work somewhere as long as I worked at Tano's alma mater, these stories tend to spin out into like legend and myth. So Tano. <laughs> what was yes the coach recruiting Tano saw him in the school and said hey come to camp which every assistant coach does in the spring for a straight month Tano came to camp the first camp in june he didn't go to many other camps because he was doing you know business leaders of america, Future business leaders yeah, america. Did, that yeah. is true yeah but he came to camp <laughs> he worked out as a receiver and tight end he didn't catch one pass he dropped every pass he ran unbelievably well he changed direction seems like 6'5", 220. Unbelievably well. I'm like, this dude's not an offensive player, but he's awesome. And then he went to the defensive line workout. We had an old-time D-line coach named Dave Salazo, who was like, "This dude is a killer. Take him." But we <laughs> but we had the meeting afterwards, and it wasn't like there were 11 coaches in there saying, "Take Tano. He's he's going to be an NFL player. He's going to win a Super Bowl." It was everybody liked him. The D-line coach said, "If we don't take this guy, you know, I, I'm I'm quitting." Like that's he he stood on the table for Tano. <laughs> And then when Tano was a player in our infinite wisdom, we moved him to tight end for like two weeks in spring. And the, and the, the new D line coach was like, if you don't move him back, like I'm going to have a stroke. Like we need him on defense. (laughs) So like the idea that like we Tano was discovered by Villanova and we immediately knew he was for us. And like, yeah, Tano was recruited hard. Luckily we're the only camp he went to. He crushed it, but like, it's not like this, you know. It turned into like this. Unbel- I found him. No, get out of here. He came to camp and killed it. And earned a scholarship and worked his tail off into being a great player. He's an unbelievably good person. Uh, he, he everything he did, you know, he's a guy. She'll like Sunday morning after game, he'd be in a locker room like studying for class. And we'd have like four sacks the day before and a scoop and score for a touch I'm wow. like Tana, what are you doing? I'm writing a paper. You know, like that he deserves the credit in the thing. Not, you know, we're just lucky the the Philadelphia coaching staff, we almost fumbled the bag and messed it up, but we didn't like, we recorrected thanks to a couple of defensive line coaches that were like, you guys are nuts. Do this.
3: So this is terrific. And, and, and this, this shows our listeners kind of how the sausage is made because in, in, in one square here, you have, Coach Flynn telling everyone the true story, okay? And, and and then you talk about the myth-making. I see on my computer screen here, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, January 26, 2017, Okay, by Zach Berman, staff writer in Mobile, <laughs> Alabama. Um, uh, Mark Ferrante did not visit West Hickman High School in May 2011, intending to find one of the most intriguing defensive end prospects in this year's NFL draft. And I literally have the entire thing there about how he bumps into this guy in the hallway, uh, and, <laughs> and 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 then invites him to the camp. Um, Which is all true, like yeah, that so, happened.
0: But he also yeah, but, bumped. But like, he also bumped into six guys in six different hallways yeah. that they invited them to camp. <laughs> Like. <laughs>
3: but 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 like this is like the 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 Disney movie version, and then when people say like, did you actually read the book? You know, like what Coach Flynn's <laughs> telling you is the book, and what my story is 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 like what what got put on the big screen, basically.
2: That's, That's good stuff.
1: Awesome. I like that. All right, any other questions for Coach? Uh,
2: all right, last one from me. Uh, you're at twelve. Jalen Waddell and Devonte Smith are on the board. Uh, they call you up. They say, uh, coach Flynn, we don't like those birds with friends guys, but uh, we did like your appearance on there. We're torn here. It's two V two in the draft room.
0: Who are we taking? I mean, you would really have to delete everything I just said. If I went Jalen Waddle here, wouldn't you like, I'd be the biggest fraud going. <laughs> so I go,
2: well, we didn't ask you uh, to be fair. We didn't ask you about Jalen Waddle. So, you know, maybe, maybe and I do. You, of you course I like him. him uh, I like everybody,
0: much. you know, but I, I and he yeah. played hurt in a championship game. Like if there's not a coach, what what a what a crazy idea! Like I never would have done it if I was him, but like there's not a coach in America who's like, yeah. "I love this guy, he's limping around in a championship game, and he's awesome." But I gotta go, right. Devontae Smith. I have to.
2: Okay,
3: and then and then my quick hitter question, and, and this is something Bo posed the Dane the other day. You have your option of of corner in first round, receiver in second round. So so let's say Sertain and and Terrace or or J.C. Horn and and Terrace Marshall Jr. or perhaps even Bateman. Or you can get Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle in the first round, and then pick your your other position in the second round. You know, are, are you taking a high level receiver in the first, or because of the depth of the class, are you waiting until the second and addressing a different position?
0: I got to take the receiver in the first only because they screwed it up last year. And I've dedicated my life mm-hmm. since 1998 to catching a ball. So if I went DB, I mean, again. Yeah, what, yeah. how could you, <laughs> on, how could you show on. your face if you signed the receiver I, first? I, I'll get killed. And rightfully so, I should.
1: <laughs> fair enough well coach thanks for joining us of course uh, you can follow coach Flynn on twitter at what is it what is the actual it's hit? at
0: coach oh, underscore Flynn. Flynn F-L-I-N-N
1: don't forget that thank you for joining us and uh, we'll be back after this see you
0: soon guys take it easy
1: All right. Thanks again to Coach Flynn for dropping by and uh, dropping some knowledge. The the last question you asked Zach, you know, I've been thinking about this like corner. I really feel like like corner is being overrated as a need for the Eagles. Like yes, they like they don't have good corners, but this season doesn't matter for them from like the grand roster building scale. Corners are not like Playable zone corners are not that hard to find. So if, unless Smith and Waddle are off the board and, like, you know, it's just Sertan or J.C. Horn is the the best graded player on the board, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But I don't think that they need to draft a corner in the second round just because they don't have somebody to play opposite Darius Slay right now. And really, like, you know, I don't think Avante Maddox is great on the outside, but, like, you could do worse, probably. I would, I think... The more I think about like pairing first round, and second round, the more I like the idea of wide receiver defensive end.
3: Well, somebody did a very poor job then drafting in the Duck Duck Juice draft in because well, that not was my top Because get, <laughs> but, like they're going yeah. to draft a corner. They could yeah, draft so, multiple corners. No, I, I I see your point, and I actually agree with you in the sense that um, I I did an, an exercise on on the athletic where all. The beat writers were GMs, and and uh, I I realize that if the Eagles don't go cornerback in the first round, the value in the second round because you don't force the position because you have a need there, especially in the situation the Eagles are in now, where they're they're clearly rebuilding this this roster. And I, I do think, and and Bo hit it on the head when uh, in our ranking players at, at 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 37, 37 could be a sweet spot for. The edge rushers. So I would definitely pay attention to that. I think I like the the Georgia corners maybe more than you guys do. In particular, I I like Tyson Campbell, who we did not have on that list Mm -hmm. at the of ranking players at at 37. But I do think that the Eagles can probably find a corner in the third round who might not be that much different like grade-wise than who they would have at 37. Whereas I don't think, I, I think there will be a bigger divide between the edge rushers. Like, I think it, right. at 37, they'll be able to find an edge rusher who might be a first round caliber player, where I don't know if you'll find a first round caliber corner at 37.
2: When do we get to hear from uh, one Jonathan Gannon?
3: After the, the rush- draft, I imagine. At some point in, okay. I, I, I would imagine like mid May to early
1: June, we would hear from him. <laughs> okay. Basically, the only thing we've seen from him produced by the Eagles is like the hug he gave. Uh, anthony harris right strong hug now he he
3: he had uh an 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 interview on the team's website um, but it was more based on kind of his his background and his influences and i think the eagles are being uh and i understand why they're doing this as much as like i want to get information out to the public they're trying to be purposely vague about what their scheme is going to be because they think there's a competitive advantage in free agency and the draft for the reason that Bo mentioned, like zoned corners. Well, they're probably going to do corners. this
1: into they, they got if they're going to do that, they got to commit to it through week one, right? <laughs> they're got to do it all of all of training camp.
3: I think they were thinking about it from a player acquisition perspective. Um, yeah, but what about I mean, what he, about
1: catching the uh, the offense yeah. off guard in week? Now
3: one. he's required to talk during the summer, or, or or I'm sorry, during the spring and then during the summer. But he can remain vague. You know, we we got to see our personnel, that kind of thing. But I don't think they want anyone to know what kind of scheme they're they're running, even though what you're hearing in, in, in back channels, it's going to be comparable to what the Vikings have run.
2: Man, wait till they play cover two or cover three in week one. Talk, <laughs> talk, one's about, ever seen it. <laughs> talk about piss down the leg. I mean, mm. my gosh, I'm already feeling for the, uh, for the opposing coaching quarterback there. <laughs> well, I, I was, just, I was only asking because Avante Maddox, I think is an interesting player because mm-hmm. uh, theoretically, if you are playing a lot of, uh, you know, cover two, in this scheme, I feel like he, you know, that would suit him better um, if they're looking at him as an outside corner, like, you, you know, I, I would think, but um, we'll see. Anyway, but the
3: thing about corners too is like once, you know, Darius Slay is 30 years old, right? I, I know they restructured his deal, so he's going to be here for, for two years, it looks like. And then Avanti Maddox is entering the last year of his contract. So right. this is a long-term need as it's, it's Cornerback not just as is, yeah. is
1: a huge long-term need. Exactly. I just I just don't think they need to like Push go it. out of their way to address it at the sure. top of the draft. I mean, look at where like starting corners come from across the league. It's not all at the top of the draft, which is the opposite of receiver. Like there are the wide receiver hit rate in the first couple of rounds is bad, but almost all of the good receivers come, you know, are picked early in the draft. It's not the case that way with corners. And it's more the case that way with defensive linemen. So I don't know. I would, I like Sertan is and and Horn are, are sort of different. The first round is different because that's just maybe how the the players are going to be stacked. But if they don't take a corner in round one, I would be sort of disappointed if they take a corner in round two.
2: Nothing like paying so, a uh, a corner sixteen million for his age thirty and age thirty one mm-hmm. seasons when you're shifting to a zone, but the theoretically shifting. Don't to forget a giving up a third and fifth scheme. round pick. Yeah, wow. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I will take the L on that one. Okay. Mm. All right. What do we got? Okay. Uh,
1: So we've got some more uh, Eagles draft talk. We're going to do our annual turkeys to the kingdom draft. Uh, I guess not draft, but uh, for those of you who are new, we will have 100 turkeys each for each question, and we will disperse them how we see fit in terms of what we think the most likely outcomes are. So uh, I sent you guys these ahead of time, although I actually didn't do the work myself. Uh, So the first one, trade up from 12, stay at 12, or trade down from 12. How do you have uh, those bad boys stacked?
3: I'll jump in because I I did the work ahead of time here. Um, I don't know if...
1: Thank you. Did it, uh,
2: yeah, I don't want Bo to have a competitive okay. advantage. For
3: so yeah, you I'm, right, I'm writing. I'm writing, okay. I'm writing mine down now. I'm writing mine down now. I, I, and I mentioned this on the show the other day. I had this 30 for trading up from 12, 30 for trading down from 12, and 40 for staying at 12. Uh, wow. So I, I really think wow. it's it's almost like an even distribution. Now, Except last 32. year, of
1: course, I was uh, like terribly fence sitting on every question, and I uh, got the deserved amount of guff from both of you for that. So I'm trying to not do that this time.
2: Okay. Who won? So this you went, last you went, year. you
1: went 30, 30, and forty on staying at twelve. Zach, correct. correct. Okay.
2: Do we know who won this game last year? Did I believe you this won game? this game. Oh, defending champ. That's right. you. Okay. Uh, uh, yes,
1: I believe last year you won this and the Woodpecker. You rather draft which we will do next week, which is the players we think the Eagles will select. Mm. But Zach won the Duck Duck Juice, which is yeah. a slightly more prestigious. Uh, I,
2: I would, I would disagree. But anyway, uh, okay, I will go. I have. 66 stay at 12. Oh damn. You yeah, bit me. Uh, I have 22 trade back and as I said during our last pod I just have a hard time seeing a player that it would be worth moving up for given where they are and so I have 12 for trading up.
1: Yeah, you uh, you did a better job. I feel the same way as you but you did a better job wagering than I did. Well that's I good. We know 16. you're being
2: honest. Oh good.
1: Uh, I did 60 stay at 12, uh, 25 trade down, and 15 trade up. Okay. So there you go. Uh, Next up, we have uh, the Eagles right now have 11 picks on their scheduled uh, coffer for this year. Of course, five of them in round six and seven. So how do you guys balance out the Eagles make 11 picks, they make fewer than 11 picks, or they make more than 11 picks?
2: Uh, I just have to point out here, in the text you sent us with these questions, you wrote less than 11 picks, Bo. And I know that's your, um, you know, a pet, pet peeve. peeve of yours. So I did write down on my sheet less or fewer with a star there to call okay. you out because that's I, don't, I don't know that in, uh, you know, four plus years of the pod, we've been able to do that with you, even though you've done it to everyone else. So uh, today's a good day for me.
1: That's fair. I guess uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe texting, you don't hold yourself
2: to the same. Status, no, I, Mike, I'm not gonna I was That's just going to say, I, I appreciated how disappointed you looked. I yourself, am disappointed in but myself. Then, but then you went and you used, uh, <laughs> you used an excuse for it. All right. You're uh, right. You're right. I, you're right. I, I deserve I, to
1: be castigated.
2: All right. Did you write down yours for the, these? Bombs? I did. I did. Okay. Uh, I can start out this one. I have more than 11 picks, uh, six turkeys. I mean, that'd, okay. that'd be a lot of picks, 12 picks. Uh, fewer than 11. I have 67 picks. So I, th- I think they make some type of deal okay. at some point here and end up with fewer. And I have 27 for exactly 11 picks.
1: Um, I went a little bit harder. Um, I went 85 less than 11, Ooh. Uh, 13, 11, and two for more than 11. Wow. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I are to make more than 11 picks. Yeah. That'd be
3: nuts. And they could. I mean, they
1: certainly could. Yeah.
3: So. For more than 11 picks I went 15. For 11 picks I went 60. For less than 11 picks I went 25.
1: Really? You think they're going to make all 11 picks?
3: Well, I mean, they could trade okay. yeah, two I mean, here yeah. and then yeah, trade the yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, okay. I I mean, I, I think it could come out at the end at 11, right? So Yeah.
1: Okay, fair enough. Well, that brings into a question this next one, which is straight up yes or no, will the Eagles make some type of trade? During draft weekend, that includes a veteran that could be going or coming. Yes or no?
2: Well, give me the uh, let's let's talk this one out. Let's talk it, this through. Yeah, let's talk it out. We're going. I guess Zach Ertz would still be the yes. pro, the number one guy, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And who who else is even in that conversation? I Brandon still Brooks, believe Dillard. I still believe around. Dillard is in that. Oh, conversation, that's a nice potential. I like that. Uh,
1: Brooks has been has been mentioned as a possibility. Um, Who else could you trade? Flipping, you flipping, uh, flipping J-Jaw for a, a swamp of seventh-round picks? Um, you might as well. Let me
0: <laughs> no,
2: <do> I, <laughs> actually, I would not do that. I would rather let, let, let's let see if Sirianni's got some wide too. receiver magic. Okay. Let's um, see if he can get something. I'm just
1: trying to think if there's anybody else who's even
2: I don't not think really. so. I mean, I thought Kelsey earlier Lane than the Lane Johnson, season. but
1: he can't be traded until after June.
2: Yeah, no, I think Zach. Are we missing anybody here?
3: I don't think so. I'm, I mean,
2: yeah, no, I, I don't think so. That's a sleeper. That's a true. That's okay. true. Especially if you end, it,
1: you know, you you take a defensive end in the second round, maybe you're trading. Drayton Barnett, I don't know, it's or possible. just given
2: that this isn't a great defensive, uh, you know, an edge, a great edge rusher class. Maybe right. You, uh, yeah.
3: I mean, when when Kyle Pitts seemed like a possibility at six, I I said, why don't you trade Dallas Goddard, right, and instead of giving him an extension? But I don't yeah. think they're going to get Pitts now, and I think they're going to turn to Goddard. So.
2: Okay. Uh, it has been weird. Have the Jets and Eagles made any trades since Joe Douglas became their GM? Good one. I don't no there's so. there's
3: been a lot of like waiver claims you okay. know players going back and forth between the teams but yeah. I don't believe they they've Josh specifically Adams made trades. Yes. Yes.
2: I cuz they need a a guard in the worst way and I know they're not in mm. win now mode but like Brandon Brooks great great you, you culture guy a young quarterback you got to
1: protect him. Right? right.
2: Yeah, like rock solid culture guy teammate you know, professional, like, uh, I don't know, that would be a good, uh, bad guy to add to your locker room. Now I don't have the money in front I of me. I feel like I'm, that's
1: a tough trade to make. I mean, I guess all of these things would be worked out ahead of time, but but because of the injury
2: yeah, that he's coming
1: back from. Well, I actually, don't, yeah, I think the yeah.
2: trading team would probably not be willing to pay the full salary, but, um, right. you know, or a team like the Chargers, I think they still need uh, a guard there. But anyway, okay, so I have uh vet trade. Yes, I have 59 and no, I have 41.
3: I have seventy five for yes on a two. Uh
2: because in
3: two, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, it like they could get they get they typically
1: corner. make at least one.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then the out right. and then no I Good say twenty five.
1: Okay. I really fenced out on this one. I went fifty two, yes, forty eight, no.
2: Yeah, I think it's close. Yeah. It's fine.
1: Uh okay. Will they draft a quarterback in those potentially eleven picks? Yes or no?
3: I'll go first here. I I went seventy-five. Yes. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> I think spending. if you have a, if you have a eleven picks, I can see them going a developmental guy. You know, try to you now. I understand that they learned their lesson with Clayton with Clayton Thorson, but that being said, I think I'm that also sure might have been that might have been the evaluation of the player as opposed to the allocation of. Well, resources. it was also they
1: only had five picks. Yes. Like you're yes. taking that swing when you only have five picks was was nuts. I think you're right that if you have eleven picks you know, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a long shot bet to make. That's probably not worth it. But you, if you're, if you're making that many picks anyway, you, the upside is potentially there. Yeah. You bring in Felipe Franks
2: or someone like that. Mm. Shield? However, you know, they have uh, been on record. I think last year with the Hertz pick that it, it's almost a waste in their eyes to yep. take those flyers on a quarterback on day three, right? I mean, they've pointed out many times how the quarterbacks come on the first two days of the draft. It doesn't mean that never happened. They did it two years ago. Listen, I'm not I'm not going to be defending their process at all. I, I think it's been very uh, inconsistent. What if it's a
3: third rounder, though? That's true. What if one of those, well, Kel- like, say, the, Mond, yeah, if that, if that, that, if that, sec- yeah, that, that Carson nuts, Wentz man. pick turns into a quarterback, right? Okay. Remember
1: the year, remember the first Chip Kelly year when, like, we thought that Matt Barkley was coming to camp to compete for the starting job? Matt Barkley thought he was coming to camp to compete for the starting job.
2: That was crazy. I definitely wrote at some point (laughs) before that draft that there's no way they're even gonna look at a guy like Matt Barkley. Uh, So and they traded up by the
3: they they had, I they they traded up like two spots or three spots to make sure they could get
2: him. Yeah. Okay. I have yes 34 and no 66. Hmm.
1: I have uh, no 59. And yes, forty one. So
3: if if I win, this is where I would I would make up my ground. Big
1: this one. is well, pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: you're going big on a lot of these, so I feel like uh, you're you know uh, it's a good strategy. I think. By
3: the way, shout out to uh, to our friend Dennis, who I saw on the street yesterday. Oh. Really? Now yeah. Now it's 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 hard with the mask. You know, when you're wearing the mask, you can't always tell. And I, I only met him one time and that was at at the meetup that the birds of friends meetup 2 years ago so it had been some time but once once he said hello it was it was it was great to talk eagles with him did and you guys
1: I, talk about your your uh, duck duck juice draft performance uh
3: I, I don't know if he had listened by at, at that point or not. I'm curious. You put the spreadsheet together on yeah. On but Dennis listens live. He's listening but, right but, now. But, He's but that was after the fact. fact. This
1: isn't even being a broadcast live. But he is but, he is listening. But, but,
3: but that was I mean. after the fact. This was yesterday morning when uh, you know uh, we had both brought our our kids to their respective schools.
1: Ooh, big flex, dad flex. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, we have the position of the first pick that the Eagles make. Mm-hmm. Split between wide receiver, cornerback, defensive end, and other.
2: Okay, I can go. I don't like answering this, Bo, because really, I'll it's go a, first. It's I just posi- put mine in. But it's a positionless oh, okay. league, you know. No, who no, really true. has a what are positions, you know? Mm. Well, they're the they're, they're this construct of uh, of the football media. Where in reality, if you're in the coaching world like me. No one has a position. You're looking to get your best eleven on the field at any time, create mismatches, one on ones. That's how you win in the National Football League.
1: And that's why I love this new rule about uh, jersey numbers. You know, let's loosen this bad boy up. These guys don't have positions. You know, maybe maybe Brandon Brooks is a is a a guard in name only, but he's you know in his heart a tight end.
3: Well, did you guys see the person who who did not like the rule? Who was it? There's one very notable player. I, I think who, who did not like it and that's uh, Bo's boy Tom Brady oh yeah he said uh, I'm quoting him on Instagram here good <laughs> luck trying to block the right people now going to make for a lot of bad football
2: wow what okay, a baby buddy.
3: <laughs> uh i well, actually don't
1: like it either uh mostly because i feel like it's going to make Meryl reese's job much harder
2: that's i right.
3: just think Bo and and tom brady agree on everything so
2: yeah i would agree. i think that's right uh you know yeah the key I to beating
1: ad- COVID is hydrating and uh paying like thousands of dollars for some uh, snake oil salesman nonsense go ahead
2: uh, i shouldn't probably admit this as a uh, member of the football media but uh, you know i would i would imagine no one pays less attention to these these rule change discussions in the spring than me uh to the point where you know an editor may have asked hey should we you know (laughs) At some point in the past couple of months, hey, what do you think about writing something about some of these rule change proposals? And I just have to find a very soft way to let him down and be like, dude, I'm paying no attention to this right now. I'm swimming in like the, the 11th ranked guard in free agency. I'm trying to get caught up on the draft. So uh, I like that day in August when the officials comes yes. and they explain stuff. I feel like in that 40-minute session, I get everything I need to be ready for the season.
1: I agree with that. I don't I, like. I don't need to know like what rules might happen. Tell me what rules have right. happened and how they're going to be applied.
2: But I
3: I, uh, I, I do agree with with Jimmy Kemsky's um, uh, defense of you know or I, I guess ripping on how the league is sticking to this onsides kick rule when the Eagles are proposing making it a fourth and fifteen at I think what you're twenty five or yeah I, I think you're mm-hmm. you're your twenty five but like when you, like the onsides kick is such a it's such an unexciting play as it is, right
1: now. I uh, it used to be exciting. I, I used to love the onside sure. kick. But yeah. anyway, so, no. So that's it. You're uh, right. the rule changes. Have, that have that rule was made less so. Yep. Uh, okay. Wide receiver, corner, defensive end, and other. You uh, to go first. Yes. I have forty-one on wide receiver, twenty-nine on cornerback, twenty-seven on defensive end, and three on other. I have 35 35 20 and 10.
2: 27 on defensive end huh you're feeling that a little bit okay yeah, I
1: think that's I mean that's they especially if they trade down
2: uh, I've got 33 wide receiver 23 corner 11 defensive end and 33 other
1: really you think you think offensive line I,
0: don't know. I, I mean, you get in the off, field, I know. Offensive
2: like, line, safety, I mean, I don't know. They're kind of like what you said. You trade back. You're the one who was pushing safety on me last uh, episode. <laughs> That's fair. Well, if there's a guy, <laughs>
1: worth it. I guess if you move down far enough, take. Okay. they really love mo rig I guess. I like a mo rig Okay. Uh, next up, we have the same breakdown for the second pick. Wide receiver, corner, defensive end, and other. I went 25-25, 35-15. 25, 25 25 35 you're going 35 on defensive end yes mm,
2: interesting you, you got him with that sweet spot i got him uh, yeah. yes yeah
1: um i actually i i have one more decision to make here so sorry as i disregard oh. uh zach's
2: okay i'll go as you uh game the system to your advantage uh second okay. pick i've got wide receiver 33 corner 17 defensive end 17 and other
1: 33 nice nicely split um i am doing corner or wide receiver 26 corner 15 defensive end 26 and other 31
2: mm. i feel like we, bo- right. we, box- we boxed no, in. no that I didn't that didn't add up hold on oh my gosh unbelievable okay uh, next Whatever. one, you can tell us go, whenever you go ahead. Well, you got to give the official for you know, well, members, the keeper I, I got to do the math because I boned okay. it so bad. All right, well, I'll go to the next one while you do the math. Um, this was a question in, in yesterday's press conference, Zach, which I thought you, you know, I, I think the question was posed. There's been a lot of talk about how you guys haven't taken a Alabama players since Freddie Mellon's, <laughs> and I must not be in the right circles because <laughs> I. I, I
3: I haven't heard anyone talking. You know, about there's this. been a few articles. About it. There, there, uh, okay. there have been a few articles about it, but um, okay. I was but like, wow,
2: uh, I need to be, I need to be talking to these people who are bringing up Freddie Millen's here.
3: But I, I, I will say on January 11th, uh, on the Athletic, before draft, before the draft oh. industrial complex started, story on the Athletic: Will Devonte Smith break Eagles' streak, making oh. sense of Bama-OSU draft record, and there you in there. Now the caveat that I, I will make sure I, I mention here, it is true the Eagles have not drafted a player from Alabama since Freddie Millens in, in, in two thousand two. That being said, Jalen Hurts is probably more associated with Alabama than Oklahoma. He's you know, he spent three years there. Yeah. He only spent one year at Oklahoma, but he's officially an Oklahoma player. Um and but so that is the Alabama streak and then the Ohio State streak. The last one is Brian Roll. In 2011,
2: mm-hmm. epic. Okay, uh, so, the uh, so I is, went
1: 26, 18, well, let 26, 30 oh. Oh, okay. on that last one. Right.
3: Oh, I was
2: combined. Oh, okay. just
1: just for the yeah, yeah okay. this is combined. This is okay. will they draft a player from either of those schools? Yes okay. or no? Right?
2: Yes, correct. So this question is: Will they take anybody from Alabama or Ohio State? I've got yes, 37. No, 63. Ooh.
3: I've got yes, 55, no, 45.
1: I've got yes, 69, no, 31.
2: I mean, I was just using sort of a historical, you know.
1: Oh, sure. I just think the first round, there's a good chance they take the guy. That's all. I probably went too heavy on that one. Um, And then what's what's the
2: last one here? 2022 picks acquired. So... And this is not... Oh, so is uh, yeah, this doesn't count zero, one. Or or one plus. Yes, this is one that they, will that will they acquire, acquire this
3: weekend okay. or next weekend. And it's zero, one, or more than one.
2: Okay, I've got uh, 11 on zero, 46 on one, and 43 on one plus. Or, or more than one.
3: I've got 15 on zero. I've got 75 on... Uh, one. Wow. And then the remainder on more than one. This okay. is a big thing. Say this, that one more time so I can write it down. Fifteen, seventy-five, and then there'll be ten remaining. Oh, okay. Uh, and 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 this is something that you're hearing quite a bit about, and we spoke to Dane about it, that there are fewer players in this year's draft than next year's draft. Next year is considered it's it, it's it's almost like a super draft because of the amount of guys who got extra years of eligibility and, and went back to school. So there are teams who might be trying to load up on picks for next year.
1: But, of course, everybody everybody would be trying to do that. So it's, exactly. they, they can't just get everybody's picks. I went uh, 29-0, 45-1, 26-1+. Okay. Okay. So there you have it. Anything else uh, as you guys are continuing to do your your draft uh, research that has, that has jumped out to you that you'd like to get off your chest?
3: No. That's what next week is for, right? That's true. Yeah, well, fair. It's, it's going to be fun
1: talk next week. Oh, oh, well, I guess we I guess we sort of talked about it. I the the second round uh rankings that we did, but I guess we sort of talked about that. So, you can read that on the athletic. And of course, you can subscribe for 40% off at the slash birds with friends. So, Some
3: exciting Bo Wolf content coming next week. I'm excited to read it.
1: Oh, that's debatable every just year it's it's do my yeah. do my best case worst case uh, and then final mock that's all yeah you gotta gotta squeeze it into three days
3: but the best case and the worst case is a, it's a it's a unique approach to this
1: yeah so. probably have Matt Bushman in there as the was one of the worst case <laughs> tight 20, 20, yeah, 25 year old 25 and a half years old yeah uh, so there you go just I'm just gonna pick a lot of old guys for the worst case all right that'll do it uh, we will be back I think live on YouTube one evening next week maybe monday or tuesday um we will probably do our live pre-draft extravaganza and then of course zach and i will be live for the beginning of the first round on thursday night up until the eagles make their pick and then all three of us will be here for post uh, round reactions after each of the first three like, the only three days of the draft thursday friday and saturday so Lots to come. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Coach Flynn. Thanks to Marissa. Thanks to Zach and Shield. And for all of you out there, as
2: always,
3: we love
1: you.